My question is for Mr. Buffett, and I'm hoping you might be able to tell us a little bit more about your interactions with the board of directors and the types of ideas and idea exchange and perhaps a model for how you believe a board of directors is supposed to function with management. Thank you. Yeah, I would say that mo uh, um, most writers and most, most uh, shareholders probably have a little bit of a distorted version, at least how most corporations, large corporations, have operated over the years. Usually, for a long time, uh, I would say that directors generally were sort of potted plants. I mean, you, you sat there and the, the management had its agenda and didn't really want input on major matters. Uh, and Charlie and I can certainly testify the fact that we had had great lack of success, even when we were the largest shareholder of a company, in, in terms of talking about the things that really count. I mean, if somebody spends their whole lifetime, 25, 30 years, rising to the position of CEO, you know, they want to be boss, and you can't blame them. And the only thing in their way is the board of directors. So they, they, they look for people who are big names, and they look for ways to keep them happy but they don't really want them getting into the business very much. There's a lot more process now that's been imposed by the recent rules, but I would say still in terms of the reality of the guts of business and the discussions that take place and all that, I, I think you might be surprised at the level overall of that uh, throughout corporate America. Uh, as I've written in the report, you know, overwhelmingly the job of the board of directors is to have the right CEO. I mean, if you've got the right CEO, you know, 90% of it takes care of itself. If you were a director of Cap Cities and you had Tom Murphy as the CEO, you know, case closed. <laughs> it was all you needed. And if you have that CEO, I think you have an obligation on the board and, uh, to make sure that there's not overreaching by the CEO because the CEO can have different interests. And I think the third thing, that the board does, should do, is they really should bring some independent judgment in on major acquisitions because there is a natural tendency for people with usually big egos, big motors, who get to be CEOs to like to do big things and to become bigger, spending other people's money. And, and uh, normally when Big deals come along, you know, the management, by the time it gets there, they've made the deal anyway. Uh, they have investment bankers there who go through a little ritual. I've never seen one come in and make a presentation that says it's a dumb idea. I mean, they're, they know what the answer's supposed to be, and it, it just becomes kind of a little game. And I, so I think in those three respects, a good director will first make an affirmative decision. You, you've got a very good CEO, not the best in the whole world, not everybody can do that, but a good, very good CEO, that that CEO is not overreaching. And when, when significant deals come along that, that they get a chance to weigh in and that you really get a balanced discussion about the real economics of, of what you're doing. And I, I would say in that latter point, what I've seen over the years, has really been pretty bad, but I can understand it because the CEO wouldn't bring in the deal unless he 
wants it done, and, he, and once he brings it in, he's going to stack the deck and, and uh, make the presentation in such a way that it's almost impossible to exercise independent judgment. Charlie, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think big, big deals on average in America are contrary to the shareholder's interest. That's the way to bet. Yeah. And I we, think on the acquirer's side, usually the shareholders are worse off. Most stock deals, they think about what they're getting and they don't think about what they're giving. I mean, I've had been involved time after time where people are giving a significant percentage of the business, which they wouldn't sell at the current market price. If somebody came along with a tender offer 20 percent higher, they would say that's inadequate. But they hand away a piece of the business because they want to own something else. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you just have to be sure that you're getting as much as you're giving. I have very seldom heard a discussion, in fact, I don't think I've virtually ever heard of it, a, a, a discussion uh, of weighing what you were actually giving away on a stock deal versus what you're, what you're getting. I've heard a lot of discussion about dilution and when dilution will be overcome and all that sort of thing, but that is not the question. You know, the real question is, are you, if more value is being created, how is it being whacked up between the two companies? And if not extra value is being created, what, are you getting more than you're giving? When I gave away, 2% of Berkshire Hathaway to acquire Dexter's shoe, that was one of the dumbest deals in the history of the world, you know, and I did it all by myself. Charlie didn't participate in that one. I wish he had. Uh, but, you know, it, it, was, it was dumb. I mean, here's, it, it wasn't 2% of what I had then at Berkshire. It's 2% of the present Berkshire Hathaway company. You'd all be 2% richer, a little more than 2% richer, but you'd be a full 2% richer if I hadn't done that. And Fortunately, yet, you made some better decisions. Yeah, well, I'd have to or we wouldn't be here. <laughs> but, you know, the point is that doesn't show up under conventional accounting at all. You know, it gets brushed under the rug. Uh, at Gillette, literally, we had 10 deals in a row that never met, came close to meeting the case that was presented at the time they were presented to the board. Was that ever mentioned to shareholders? Did it show up in our financial report? Never, you know, and never will. And that goes on all the time in corporate America. And unfortunately, shareholders, to the extent they got unhappy with managements, are complaining about, you know, whether they've got diversity on the board or something like that. But it's when they're when you're blowing away the company. I mean, that to me is a whole lot more important. Charlie, you want to? Yeah, the, the self-serving, delusional nature of even some very good minds in terms of IQ points is amazing. I had a friend who sold a business to a government-controlled business in a socialized Scandinavian country. And my friend had a very nice business, and the people on the other side, after they had bought it for stock in their government corporation, said this was such a marvelous de deal. We got your whole business, and we didn't have to give anything. Well, we, we, owned, we owned stock in the Third National Bank one time down in Asheville, and they got the ability, and they're wonderful people, really wonderful people, but they got the ability to acquire other banks where they formerly had been limited in that ability, and, and they went out to some very small bank, and the guy at the very small bank said, I want stock. And he says, my stock is worth private market value, and your stock is worth market price. Well, market price happened to be half a... But he says, you know, all I'm getting is whatever the market is. So I want you to value your stock at market and value mine at this huge premium. 
And he said, and then there's just one other condition. He said, since I'm going to be putting my whole net worth in your stock, he said, I want your promise you'll never do a deal this dumb in the future. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And that fellow was just being a little, it was just getting a little more out in the open than is typically the case. Uh, I've been on some terrific boards. Uh, uh, there was a local one here called Data Documents that, that uh, really functioned with everybody on the board thinking about the business, understanding the business, making decisions as owners, every one of them had a significant percentage of their net worth in the business and probably uh, the best board I've ever uh, been on. I mean, every decision there was made for business reasons. The worst decisions, uh, at least they have the potential for being the worst, I mean, but it's standard procedure now when an acquisition comes up to trot in you know, investment bankers and the lawyers, and, and the momentum is just totally to get the deal done. And like I say, they, there will be a lot of slides presented. And believe, I can, I don't need to look at the slides. I know what the answer is gonna be at the end. They're gonna say it's a great deal, you know, but, and there will be no, nobody arguing the other side. They're, they're just, you know, it is not like something where you would make a decision and you'd have somebody give pro and con. I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, I don't know how to improve that a lot. I think we've got a sensational group at Berkshire. You have a group with a almost everybody on the board having a significant percentage of their net worth. Bills is so big we can't get them to a significant percentage, but that's, he's got hundreds of millions of dollars in it. Uh, we've got a board that is in exactly the same position as the shareholders. They don't have directors and officers insurance. They've got the downside as well as the upside. They bought their stock in the open market, so it hasn't been given to them. It is a real owner's board, and uh, I like it that way, and I think it's a terrific group, and I'm glad I can get them to work cheap. <laughs>